This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join our Friday guests. It's Oanda Senior Market Analyst in London, Craig Earlham and Trader Nick in the United States. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, everyone. Hey, Johnny. Of course, it's the uh, first Friday of the month, first Friday of the year. And that means it's non-farm payroll day. The latest U.S. jobs figures out a little bit earlier. But uh, interestingly, Nick, it was the services PMI numbers that had a a more significant effect on the markets than the U.S. jobs figures. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll get to PMI numbers in just a second. But before we do, I want to cover what you said there. So, of course, first Friday of the month first jobs data of the year. It was very highly anticipated. And actually, I watched through the news and and the reaction was very volatile, but not actually incredibly decisive on its own. You mentioned PMIs being really important. But first, let's talk about why that candle, if you were watching the dollar index or the S&P or any of the currency crosses, they made substantial moves. The euro traded lower, the pound traded lower against the dollar. It came all the way back. Dollar index popped higher and then came back down. And basically, prior to PMIs, the number was pretty much flat for the day. We saw so no gain, no loss for the dollar before PMIs. The employment change was 216,000 jobs created compared to the forecast at 168. Now, also, there were revisions to last month's job number at 173,000. That's slightly down. But the key thing here is that we did get, if you were only to look at that number, that's a pretty strong jobs number. Barring the revision, which is slightly lower, the actual that came out here uh, today was pretty strong in terms of jobs numbers alone. What was also strong? Unemployment rate was expected to tick up to 3.8%. Previously, it was at 3.7%, and we actually got that number to stick. So we got 3.7% again today. So both of those two numbers looking pretty good for the dollar. And so, so far, if you're if you're jotting down notes, that looks bullish USD. But then the final one should also be bullish if you're looking at average hourly earnings. And what we saw here was previously, we saw 0.4% month over month. This is, of course, wage growth. These are people getting their paychecks. And as we know, people getting raises, people getting more pay, that is in some ways inflationary, or it is inflationary because they're going to go out and spend that money and prices are going to go up. That's the theory. Well, we actually saw 0.4% compared to 0.3%. So people did get raises. The reason that that is worth mentioning here is that when it comes to the summation of these three, you would say, well, the US dollar looks pretty dang strong. And it was strong on the initial push. And then it actually came back. And and I have a little theory, and I want to ask Craig about this before we get into PMIs, because my thought process is this. The dollar index has been trading up leading into the NFP event. We saw a stronger dollar the last few days in the opening trading sessions of 2024. Here's the thing where I kind of get stuck. You might a lot of people were confused. I, I live streamed during the event, and and a lot of people were saying, "Well, why isn't the dollar holding its gains? Why isn't it breaking out and still going?" It came all the way back, and my thought process here is basically this: This was a, a reasonably strong jobs data, but it wasn't enough to change consensus, to change the narrative, which is and still is, in my view, 
we see a cooling economy, which we'll get to PMIs in a second. That kind of solidifies the idea, and it's why the dollar dropped later on. But despite, yes, a hotter jobs number here and there, this data was not enough to change the story. It's not enough to change the consensus that rate cuts are expected, that cool down is happening. And if the consensus is not changed, that leaves little room for dollar bullish upside right now, at least in the eyes, the consensus of the market, and a lot more upside for dollar bears. Craig, anything I missed on the NFP side? And I guess, what do you think about that PMI number that did come out cooler than expected? Yeah, there's a lot to cover. The only thing I'd add to what you've said there with the NFP is, yeah, do you know, on the face of it, and this is always the case, right? You get the headline NFP number and it tends to lead the way, it tends to lead the charge in the markets because the numbers do kind of drop one after the other. The last thing that drops is the revisions and that can sometimes have a bigger impact than the NFP number itself. And I think that's one thing that's really played through today. We saw an NFP number, which was much stronger than the consensus around 46,000 larger than what the consensus forecast was. But when the revisions then dropped shortly after, that was 71,000 reduction. So more than offset, they're actually 46,000 beat on the headline NFP number. So even if you just call M square, that means that you're looking at a thing that has a situation where it's not really changed. It's not strong. It's not weak. It's just somewhere in the middle. And if anything, very slightly uh, weak. The average hourly earnings, I, th I think that was the most disappointing factor. Uh, you said it yourself, 0.4% above the consensus, 03 Remember, we were talking a few months ago about the fact that we had three readings in a row, which was like 0.2. I think one of them may have been revised to 0.3. But it was that third 0.2 where people got really carried away because it was this idea that, you know what? Yes, the annual comparison of the wage growth is still quite strong, but the three-month uh, trend is really not. And that is a sign that wage pressures are subsiding. Well, now we've had two in a row of 0.4. Is that a game changer? Well, if you look at a three-month trending chart, you say it looks like a blip at this stage, and we've seen plenty of blips on the way down. So it's not necessarily a game changer at this point. If we get 0.4 again next month with no revisions, I expect we'll see a bit of a different reaction in the markets because all of a sudden 0.4 points to unsustainably strong wage growth over a long enough period that it will start to alter people's views. So I think that's the thing from the jobs report. I don't think today is a game changer. I think it all nets out about even. We're kind of where we were before the report. And if you see what the market was doing 30, 45 minutes after the release, we were basically flat. So I think that's probably uh, about a fair summary. But you can understand why live in the moment, you're like, why is this market turning? And I think the revisions had a lot to do with it. Then the ISM drops. And yeah, that was the game changer today. Not necessarily a game changer more so, but I think today you can see that that's had a much greater impact and we haven't seen the markets reverse much of those moves. Uh, so I think that highlights just how significant traders view it as. And that, yeah, the headline number is always the one that we look at most closely because it's the one that drops first. And especially when you get such a big deviation from where it was. So 50.6 down from 52.7. Markets were only expecting a drop down to 52.6. So we were expecting little to no decline. And uh, from what had been a very gradual decline over the course of the last six months. This is a plummet. It may reverse course uh, next month. But what was most interesting about this was the breakdown of the components. And you can see it on um, uh, on the Market Pulse uh, economic calendar, for example, which comes through FX Street. And you look at the prices paid, that fell from 58.3 to 57.4. That's really important because when you look at where the Fed is most concerned about inflation, it's uh, services x rent. So you're talking about the services sector, which is really important, but also you're basically talking about uh, 
this particular area where wage growth is seen as very sus- potentially sustainable and where inflation is seen as particularly sticky. So prices paid dropping to 57.4 is a big deal, but it keeps going. New orders, 52.8 from 55.5. That's quite a big drop. That suggests we're seeing a real cooling in the services sector. And last but not least, probably the most significant element, employment, 50.7 down to 43.3. Really deep in contraction territory and a massive shock. Uh, I think, again, these can reverse course, and I, I do think these surveys can be quite volatile. But when we're looking at this as a package deal, you're looking at that and you're saying, wow, that's that's weak in all the right places. And, uh, and, and when you bear that in mind, it's no surprise to see that the markets really did go short dollar uh, at that point, because what we're seeing is, you know, yeah, the jobs report didn't really deliver, but the services sector, which is really important for the economy and really important for the Fed when they're talking about inflation, that really underperformed. Uh, and that really feeds into the narrative that the markets wanted to hear, which kind of brings to the last point, right? When we went into this week and when we went into this today, Markets have been kind of pairing those moves that we saw late last year, the really optimistic rate-cutting moves. What did traders want to hear today? What did investors want to see today? They wanted to see weakness in the service sector. They wanted to see potential weakness in uh, services inflation uh, and services prices. And in an ideal world, they wanted to see lower average earnings. Well, they've got the majority of that there from the services PMI. Uh, so I think all in all, they'll take this off as a good day. And Broadly speaking, markets um, positioning wise, I think we're basically where we started the week now. Well, meanwhile, guys, on this side of the Atlantic, we had some inflation figures from uh, the Eurozone, which uh, rose uh, for the first time in six months, albeit it was slightly lower than expected, an annual rate of 2.9%, up from 2.4% in November, but uh, below a slightly uh, higher prediction of 3% for December. Craig, what are markets making of these figures? Not that much, to be honest. I mean, I think, as you've alluded to, this was an expected jump. One of the things you can foresee is favourable and unfavourable base effects. And when you take out the subsidies that were in place last December, that's created unfavourable base effects this time round. So it was expected, as you said, that this was going to see a move up from 2.4. It was actually expected to rise to 3, as you said, and instead it was only 2.9. I still think the trend in inflation and core inflation in the euro area is still trending lower. And I still think markets are convinced that we're going to see many rate cuts next year. I'm looking at the pricing at this point and the market is pricing in around a 65% chance that we'll see 150 basis points in rate cuts next year. We're probably looking at about a 5 to 10% difference than what we saw at the start of the week. So we're talking very minimal. In other words, markets are still convinced that the ECB has done hiking and the first rate cut is likely coming in March. But time will tell. That's a slight favourite in March, more heavily backed in April or May. It ultimately depends on what data we get over the course of the next month or so. But I, I, I think this is more so a good figure than a bad figure. And it, the fact that it was expected as well means it doesn't really change anything. And Nick, we'll see some CPI and other data in the United States towards the end of next week. Yes, we will. We got uh, CPI on Thursday, PPI on Friday for the U.S., and uh, that's, of course, coming after all this inflationary uh, stuff we're getting out of Europe. I think it'll be interesting to continue to watch. You also kind of want to see, um, you know, we've talked about this in the past, central banks, whether it's the U.S., EU, U.K., we kind of all want to see inflation coming down as a collective as well. And, and I guess that that's why, you know, when you look at these things as a, as a collective, it's so important uh, that we get the follow through in the U.S., which, of course, being the biggest kind of market on the block. Especially following this jobs number, if we do continue to see inflation cooling 
alongside jobs numbers that are, as Craig mentioned earlier, they're not too hot, they're not too bad, they're kind of good, kind of bad, you know, they're not that perfect, but they're just not bad. If you also see inflation coming down behind that, that is going to be kind of your Goldilocks scenario. So we always kind of have this balancing act between the two. You get jobs, you get inflation. And the reason it matters so much to the market is because it matters so much to these central banks, keeping an eye on both as they're kind of the Fed's dual mandate, right? You have the maximum employment at the same time, keeping prices stable. So we'll be interesting to see how that shapes up next week. This week definitely got us kicked off with a, uh, a busy first trading week of the year. And I look forward to the next podcast. Yeah, just to add slightly to what you've just said, there's been a massive focus on the labour market because of the dual mandate, but also because the Fed has made it perfectly clear that it doesn't believe it can achieve sustainable 2% inflation with the labour market as tight as it is. If the labour market doesn't loosen and inflation does come back towards 2%, the Fed will cut rates because ultimately its primary inflation goal is 2%. It's not going to let inflation go below 2% because the labour market's tight. It just means that these transitory factors, which it was divided for two years ago, have actually been more influential in getting inflation back down to target sustainably than it would have liked to admit over the last 18 months. So if inflation is coming down towards 2%, the labor market is tight, the focus remains on the inflation data primarily. Okay, guys, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.